Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. So, I am going to park. I'm old and beat up and worn out. And I spent many hours yesterday farmers will appreciate this I had to take the cultivator teeth off the little tractor and put hillers on because the asparagus is coming on and you have to hill up asparagus I have a couple rows in the garden I will, I will tell you whether it's green red or yellow whatever color tractors you like when the cultivator teeth haven't been off in 40 years it challenged uh, even the ratchet gun. It was a it was a struggle, and then you, when you're done, you're you're just rusty, coated with PB blaster and everything else. Uh, wore me out. Absolutely wore me out. So get your Bibles handy. In a little bit, we're going to look at some scripture. Some of the ones I sit around back there to see me carry this Bible. It's all it's beat up. It's a good news Bible. I like good news Bibles because they're written at the fourth grade level. My wife said that's about right for me. They also have little cartoons in there. I like cartoons. My wife said, yeah, that's even more for you. Yeah. But this particular one is meaningful for me because in the military, we used to get Bibles printed up with our, with our unit name on the cover. This one happens to be... 59th Ordnance Brigade, you never heard of it. As a matter of fact, it's probably deactivated. It was in, wait a minute, Kaiser Slaughter, Permisens, which is right beside Kaiser Slaughter in Germany. And this happened, uh, the unit I was in was up on the border of Denmark. I had had a very high security clearance. When I went to that unit, I got pegged a meter on security clearances because it happened to be a nuclear weapons unit. Um, so I, this, this Bible has a, a little extra meaning for me. Okay. Last week, did you, was it two weeks ago or last week? When was the Easter egg hunt? Two weeks ago? But you still kind of remember it? The Easter egg hunts are kind of fun. They have changed through the years. When I was a little kid, we actually dyed all the Easter eggs. And then mom and dad went out and hid the Easter eggs, and we went out to hunt the Easter eggs. They were real eggs, yeah. We had this dog named Petey. He was half collie and half beagle. Very strange-looking dog, but he was great. He loved us. He was our he was our best friend. So we had this Easter egg hunt one year, and and Petey got out. He got loose. We went out to hunt the Easter eggs. Petey shows up with a big smile on his face and 
egg shrapnel everywhere. He, he found the eggs w way before we did. He, he crunched every one of them. Yeah. So n not every Easter egg hunt goes the way it's supposed to. There's a few of you in here that will recognize this next thing is uh, my mother and my grandmother had a Tupperware collection. Mom passed away several years ago, my grandmother a few years before that. The value of old Tupperware actually is going to cost you money because you're going to get a dumpster to throw it away because it gets what? Oily, slimy. But my mom and grandmother had a Tupperware collection. They never threw anything away, and we had to clean all that out. Okay, there was an elderly man who was in church, and he was easily excited, and he yelled out in a loud voice several times, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. He got excited about all these matters of faith. The head usher asked him to go to the church library as he was interrupting the worship experience, and the usher gave him a book on geography, of all things, to look at. Pretty soon, the library that was down the hall, they heard a very loud voice yelling out from the library, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And the usher went to see what was going on. And the man explained. I want to bring... You got... He read in the scriptures... In the Old Testament, in Micah 7:19, you will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. The man said, I read in the book you gave me that the deepest part of the sea is the Marianas Trench. Now, the Marianas Trench is a very deep ocean uh, just a big trench down there located in the western Pacific Ocean about 200 kilometers east of the Mariana Islands. It is the deepest oceanic trench on earth. The crescent-shaped trench measures about 2,250 kilometers uh, or one and a half miles in length. It is 69 kilometers or 43 miles in width is known as the as a, a deepest part at 10,025 uh, meters or 36,000 um, feet. That's roughly 6.825 miles deep. That's where our sins get thrown. Isn't that great? No wonder the guy was hollering out, praise the Lord, because he read in the book about the deepest part of the ocean. First Peter, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We need to know what we believe. Better yet, we need to know in whom we believe. And we need to know why, and we need to be prepared to back that up. And I wasn't always at that point, but I got there through the years. So, the best thing I can do is share with you what I've learned through the years.
how to give an account for the hope that I have. Message is entitled, On This Rock I Stand. I, I mentioned this before at the baccalaureate service when I graduated from Asbury College. It was hot. We were in Hughes Auditorium. It was packed. There were tight seats. It was, did I say it was hot? Uh. They sang a hymn and then they introduced this very aged elderly preacher, Dr. Vance Havner. You got him up there, Lana? Poor guy. He had to be helped to get up to the podium. I thought, this is going to be just awful. And the old guy cleared his throat. And then as if someone threw a switch, he stood straight and tall. And he just blew you away with his message. Now, I've modified the first part of it to fit our current times. But the second part needed no modification. And I've kind of adopted this sermon, one of my favorites. Things in life are not always what they seem. Uh, There are many things that I grow tired of. Perhaps you too. You know, I grow tired of grocery carts that are stuck together. Do you ever have that problem? It takes two linebackers to get them apart. How about construction sites for many, many miles with no constructions? Why do they do that? Get kind of tired of social media. Social media has more information about me than I do. How about pressure sales? You know, if you look something up on a, what's that, Google? You can tell I'm not real digital. You can keep it. Look something up on Google. The next day you get stuff coming in your email. Are you still interested in this chainsaw or or that part or that tool? Pressure sales. Seems wherever you go, someone's trying to pressure you relentlessly into buying something. There's a little Speedway gas station right there in good old Cratersville. Sarah, oh, it's been, I guess, a year ago, maybe two, I don't know. They put televisions in the pumps. And there's one on each side. So if you're there getting gas, there's an infomercial that started when you lifted that handle out. Then another guy comes in on the other side, and he lifts the handle, only his infomercial... Same one, but it's like not in time with yours. It's maddening. And they're only advertising something they want to sell right there that I I just, I, I can't take it. I'm tired of fast food restaurants that aren't fast. And they have a little sign that says, pull over here to wait for them to bring your food out. Duh. Kind of frustrating. Tired of going to a restaurant early to beat the crowd. We do that now that we're retired. You go to this restaurant, right? And you get in there. The place is pretty much empty. It's 4.30, you know. And, and the hostess of the mostest there says, sorry, there's going to be a 20-minute wait. Excuse me? And then they explain it's corporate laws that they, do, they have to have a certain amount of servers and they ain't coming till 5 or something, you know, and... There's going to be a 20-minute wait. I said, well, can't I just go sit down and bring me a glass of water and crackers or something, you know? 
Nope, there's going to be a 20-minute wait. I said, no, there's not. <laughs> Vote with your feet. Tired of ridiculous television commercials. Flex Seal. I cut this boat in half. <laughs> Yeehaw! I don't think I want to buy a product made by a hillbilly who cuts his boat in half. <laughs> Tired of illegal immigrants. I once helped a family from Korea go through the immigration process. They came here. They came in legally. They got their green cards. After five years, they got their citizenship. Now we just opened up the borders, and you and I, the taxpayers, are paying for their health care, their college, their everything. It's, it's, I, I'm tired of it. It doesn't make sense to me. Tired of the national political scene. I'm not going to say much about politics, but I'm kind of tired of all this mess. Tired of them thinking we work for them instead of they work for us. We need to put our foot down. I am tired of smartphones. Lana's got my smartphone. Did you ever have someone with a smartphone try to show you a picture? My wife's a retired school principal. Her secretary was the nicest lady. She wanted to show us a picture of her grandson. Never did see it. She hunted for 40 minutes. Zip, 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 zip. She never did find it. Tired of seeing the Constitution of the United States be misunderstood, misinterpreted to promote some special cause. Tired of seeing the stars and stripes dragged in the dust. I'm tired of overpaid athletes who disgrace that flag and the national anthem, as well as our service members posting the colors at their athletic event. I can't take it. Kind of tired of modern liberal theology. The trend started 50 years ago. Everything was questioned. Theology students had to cross-check everything they studied against the latest journal that came out of Germany. Out of that came feminist theology, liberation theology, neo-modern progressive theology, and what I call the almighty dollar get-rich theology. There's, there's people on TV that preach every week. Follow the Lord and you'll, you'll have a, a Mercedes in the driveway a BMW in the garage and a pool in the backyard. I, I don't know where they got that. I didn't read it in this book. Tired of liberal theology creeping into our main line denominations, mine included. I'm a retired Methodist pastor. That's enough said. You guys know what's going on. How about I'm okay, you're okay? We never hear the word sin anymore spoken in the pulpit. Stealing became misappropriation of funds. Lying became he misspoke. Adultery became, oh, they're having an affair. Justified for a need for more intimacy. Children became out of control when everyone said, it's okay, don't hinder their self-esteem. Institutional religion disgraced itself with power-drunk bishops and executives. Well, none of that's okay. 
and certainly not with me, worn out with church politicians. Politicians on steroids, railroading through massive budgets, using trickery as opposed to truth. Transparency is gone. They're creating boards and agencies to conduct business that you and I would never, ever want to support. I'm tired of the gender confusion. I had biology in high school. Any of you have biology in high school? I had to dissect a daggum little fetal pig. It was crazy. It didn't smell too good. I went to college. Guess what? I had biology again in college. And we, we were told about X and Y chromosomes. There's male and female. That was it. This gender confusion. Many years ago, I was ordained. I took a sacred vow to preach the word, to teach the word as found in the Old and the New Testament. I wonder what these false teachers are using for a Bible today. Seems the inmates are guarding the asylum. The rats are guarding the cheese. And might I ask just who is it that is so spiritually superior to say that they have a new and modified, improved Word of God. We've learned how to lengthen life, but not how to deepen it. You have to live twice as long to live half as much. Alcoholism is the only disease we spend millions of dollars to spread. And now we want to legalize marijuana. In fact, in a lot of places, Colorado. We have, Lana has a cousin in Colorado. We were out there a couple years ago. Oh, my goodness. Just driving down the street, that's all you could smell. It was ridiculous. You can call me old school. I'm okay with it. But we shouldn't be going down that road legalizing all these drugs. Now we have these medications advertised on TV for diseases that less than 1% of the population have. You'll remember this one, 924. Less than 1% of the population is blind. How could it possibly be cost-effective to advertise on TV for less than 1% of the population? It doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, the pharmaceutical industry is a little out of control. All right. I'm tired of a lot of things. I'm old. It's all right. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Entitled, The Wise and Foolish Builders. You can find it in your pew Bible on your phone. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose. You know, was it three or four years ago, we had like, I don't know, seven inches of rain in just a few hours. It was a a mess. Everything was flooded around here. I got nervous because it was like kind of close, you know. The rains came, the streams rose, The wind blew. (laughs) How about that greenhouse over there off 33? And it beat against the house. 
and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. I grew up in New Jersey. Don't hold it against me. There's some beautiful... Everybody thinks North, North Jersey and all the refineries right across the Hudson from New York City. New Jersey's called the Garden State, you know. Home of Campbell Soup, and there's all kinds of bird's-eye foods. They still grow a lot. It's a big agricultural area. But they built a bunch of houses right there on the beach. Why do they do that? Through the years, I've seen those houses go. Talk about the water rising and the wind blowing. Now they build them up on stilts. Guess what? They still blow down. The rains came, the streams rose, and the winds blew against it. And it fell with a great crash. There are a few things I am not tired of. There are a few things I am certain about. I believe the Bible to be the word of God, every word of it. I don't understand 100% of it. There's a few places I get kind of tripped up. But I believe it. I believe it because God said it's His Word. And that's good enough for me. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. And on this rock I stand. Doesn't need my defense or vindication or yours. It is the Word of God whether we believe it or not. I have learned the hard way. Dad always told me, Dave, you learn everything the hard way. He was right. I have learned the hard way over and over. The Bible is the word of God. And on this rock I stand. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he was born of the Virgin Mary. Otherwise, he would have been born out of wedlock. I'm not interested in that kind of Savior. Some say that the virgin birth was only recorded in Luke. That's not exactly true. If it were only recorded once, that's good enough for me. If God spoke it, it's God's word, and I believe it. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and on this rock I stand. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. He didn't come down here merely to teach, or to be an example, or to die a martyr. I believe he came down to do something about sin, our main problem in life, which includes all other problems. You'd never know it was the main problem. Nobody in Congress is going to stand up and say our problem is sin. Nobody in the United Nations is going to stand up and say that's our problem. Certainly nobody in Hollywood is going to say our main problem is sin. We're all trying to sweep out the cobwebs, but nobody is saying anything about the spider. The spider is sin. Our main problem is in life is sin. I read that in this book. And on this rock I stand. Jesus came to take care of my sin. We're going to sing a song at the end of the service. Verse 3 of It Is Well With My Soul. Just 
Talk about lyrics. When we get to that point, you look at verse 3. I believe that Jesus Christ rose bodily from the grave. I'm not worshiping a ghost. The world knows that he died. The church knows that he arose. Some say it's all a hoax. But not the soldiers. Once I became a soldier, for some reason that got my attention a little bit more. They weren't believers necessarily. They were just there. They were trained. They were soldiers. I believe that Jesus Christ rose bodily from the grave. Up from the grave he arose. We have the greatest secret of all times. I accept the fact of the resurrection. I've entered into the experience of the resurrection. I'm living in the power of it, and I'm awaiting the final fulfillment of it, and on that rock I stand. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. We don't talk about that much anymore. I believe he's coming back personally, physically, visibly, to reign on earth. And the sooner the better. When Jesus came the first time, neither the Roman world of government or the Greek world of culture or the Hebrew world of religion would receive him. And when he comes back, government and culture and religion aren't going to receive him again. They won't recognize him. But I pray, even so, come Lord Jesus. Now, wouldn't you think that would be on our lips often? If he comes during this service, I'd be glad to see him. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And on that rock I stand. I believe the church, the true church, the good society of all who have been born twice. I can't remember where it was I served. I pastored a church somewhere through the years. When they sang happy birthday, there was a second verse. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Lana. Happy birthday to you. Then the second verse. Happy birthday to you. Only one will not do. Take the plan of salvation and then you'll have two. I liked it. I haven't heard it since. I believe in the good society of the church. I'm not talking about ecclesiastical octopuses that we have of denominations. Or the world church. Or the World Council of Churches, which along with globalism and government will be the only accepted church down the road from now. There is another church whose statistics are in heaven, whose fellowship is in the Spirit, whose foundation is Jesus Christ. The members' names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And on that rock I stand. Now, I've served our country all all over the world. I've been a lot of places. The largest church, anybody know where the largest church is? Seoul, Korea. It's like 30,000 people every Sunday. Maybe more now, I don't know. Wherever I went, I met other believers. Wherever I went. 
I met other people who followed Jesus Christ. When I was in Bosnia, 1997-98, I had a most peculiar event occur. The Chief of Staff, 1st Infantry Division, big red one, that's on my hat. Chief of Staff calls me in. That's not usually good. Seems a tasker came down through command channels that the commander of the Russian sector, now Bosnia had different sections. We, the Americans were the predominant one, but there were, there was Polish sector, a Russian sector, there was a bunch of other sectors. The Russians had a little piece of it. The Russian commander requested a visit from the division chaplain. Really? No one had any idea why. So I was briefed by security, all the do's and don'ts, stuff you can say and can't say and so forth. Black Hawk helicopters out there warming up on the helipad. Off I went to the Russian sector. And we landed on the Russian helipad. And I was met there by a Russian colonel. He was the commander of the Russian sector. I don't remember his name. He introduced me to an Orthodox priest. So here's this Orthodox priest in his black robe and everything. I was kind of like somewhat surprised. Next they showed me the Orthodox chapel that the soldiers had built. In the United States Army, any of the United States military, wherever we go, we are not permitted to build churches for some reason. We're not there to do that. We have, we, I had many a worship service in the dining facility tent because that's what we used when we had services out, out in the open there. But these soldiers, Russian soldiers had built and had the little onion dome on it. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And you, if you do your research, there are actually three sets of plans for Orthodox churches. They're all the same. Small, medium, and large. And they had built a small Orthodox church out there in the Russian sector. They built it out of scrap wood from the crates that their equipment and ammunition came in. It was pretty cool. Wherever I went, I ran into other believers. So we go to this colonel's office for a visit. He wore a oversized, very large belt buckle. Communist Party. That's all it said on there. On the wall of his office are all these plaques, recognition of things he had done, recognized by the Communist Party. But his concern was he wanted to know everything there was to know about how we ran our chaplaincy. Interesting. He already had his chaplain there, was a civilian Orthodox priest that they conned into going there with the soldiers and so forth. Great guy. We had a great visit. Wherever you go, you will run into other believers, people who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe there's a remnant of hard-working grassroots people in America. I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer to all problems, past, present, and future. I believe that all who trust Him will enjoy eternal life. And all who, re who reject Him will live in a fiery torment forever. I believe that. I believe in hell because Jesus did. 
preaching once about heaven and hell, and a man said, I don't like these sermons about hell. Why don't you preach more about the meek and lowly Jesus? And I answered him, everything I know about heaven and hell, I learned from the meek and lowly Jesus. I believe in heaven, I believe in hell, because Jesus taught it. It's in this book, and on this rock, I stand. I believe there's a heaven. I did a study once. I've got to dig that. That's next up. I researched absolutely every verse I could find in the Bible that talked about heaven. And when you put it all together, it's absolutely amazing. Try that sometime. You, you have better digital skills than I do. You won't believe what's written about heaven. You've heard saying we have some songs about the streets of gold and so forth. Gold. Heaven is so grand it is way far beyond our imagination. It's three-dimensional. It's not a flat earth like we think. It's huge. The walls, it, it has walls actually. Yea, thick walls. The walls are made out of precious gems, diamonds, and, and rubies. Can you imagine that? They built the walls out of that. I believe there are streets of gold. And right in the middle of heaven, there's a garden, just like the Garden of Eden. I wonder what that garden's like. I, I have a garden <laughs> by... Early August, it's a weed patch. The streets are gold. It is so grand. It is so glorious, we can't imagine it. It is Jesus' throne. It is God's throne. The Holy Spirit is there all around, just as He is here. If you take all the, the eighth wonders of the world and put them all together, they don't begin to compare to the glory of heaven. It is where the master has his ranch house. In that mansion, the master has prepared a room for every believer. You read that in John 14. Jesus said, I, I go to prepare a place for you. There's a room in heaven with my name on it. I can't wait to get there. It's built for me by Jesus himself. A room prepared for me. I can't wait to meet Jesus face to face. It'll be a little intimidating at first. But I look forward to that. There is a growing hunger to cross over that river to the promised land to meet my Savior Jesus Christ and glory in that walk down the hall to the room that he has prepared with my name on it. Go home today and read John 14. It's, it's outstanding. None of my seminary professors or district superintendents or bishops ever told me there was a room with my name on it. They're too preoccupied with other stuff. But I have kept my focus on Jesus Christ for all these many years. 
And the eternal heavens are promised to me. And they're promised to you. Jesus said in John 14, if it were not so, would I have told you? That settles it. I believe in heaven because Jesus is there. And on that rock I stand. And now you say, well, all that's pretty old-fashioned there, Pastor. It's old school. Yep, sure is. So is the sun. Sun is old school. But without it, men grope in darkness. So is air, but without it, we would gasp and die. So is water, but without it, people go mad with thirst. It is the simple things in life that matter. With all our gadgetry and technology, it is still the simple things that matter. Every so often, we have a thunderstorm. It knocks out the electricity, and people sit around and have absolutely nothing to do. There we sit with all our gadgets, with no power. The food will spoil, the TV's out, the cell towers are out. Some of them have generators, but they're still mostly out. There we sit. If you think that's bad, think what life would be like without Jesus Christ. I believe that the best foundation you can build in your life is on Jesus Christ. And on that rock I stand. This verse was up a while ago. Some, I guess Sandy and I are psychic or something. I don't know. Sandy, are you psychic? <laughs> First Corinthians 3.11 For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.